0: What's up, guys? This is your boy, Josh, and you're tuning in to the podcast just to hear from Gary. I have something amazing that I want to talk to you about. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. See, it's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. See, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Music, and many more you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead and download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey guys, how's it going? This your boy Josh. And thanks for tuning in to the podcast, Just To Care For Gary. See, today I am back. That's right, I am back in St. Louis. I had to come and visit the city But not only am I just visiting the city, or maybe the delicious food, or maybe the dope architecture, I'm visiting my boy Rodney. See, Rodney and I met maybe about a year ago and found that we was actually cut from the same cloth. See, he's from EC and I'm from Gary, which are two sister cities, but we share very similar backgrounds. I am standing 24 stories above St. Louis, and I'm at his pad. Let's check him out.
1: things going well, man. Hey, moving and grooving. Like, yeah. they always, like I always like to say, yeah. another day above is always a blessing. For sure, man. For sure. Man, how's your Saturday going? Saturday, man, it's been smooth. Just, you know, moving and grooving. It's a little gloomy out. So yeah. hopefully, yeah. you know, don't put a damper on the day. Glad yeah. to be here with you today, man. Appreciate yeah, you sure. coming down. Hey, bro, real tip. I want you to thank, I want to say thank you for having me in the spot,
0: man. Like, this place is really nice. I, I was looking at it, like, you know what I'm saying? I was, like, taking video and just looking at the, all the like cool like features they have here, man. You stand in a dope spot. What made you decide like
1: this was the place? Right on. So I mean, just best bang for the buck. You right. know what I mean? And being right here, centralized, right in the middle of downtown St. Louis. Okay. Can't go wrong with the placement. I just really enjoyed it. I also saw the clubhouse as well, and this was one of my <laughs> deciding factors. So,
0: <laughs> man. So you you uh when you came to St. Louis, did you know like for sure you was gonna be staying downtown? Like, for
1: example, did you always
0: want to be downtown? Or you was like, man, I'm just going.
1: So prior to living here, I lived in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. When I lived in Vegas, I actually lived on the high rise on the strip. Okay. And it was some about the the big windows that did it for me. So um, downtown I knew, field. Yeah. I knew coming when I my next move, I wanted to, you know, kind of had that same effect not as luxurious as the last spot, but you know, like, uh, this is definitely a <laughs> this blessing. Is cool, and, and man. A, and, like, a, and a good spot. Yeah, you know? yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm always, like, big on,
0: like, downtown, I'm big on, like, a lot of windows, and, you know, say it has, like, a little bit of, like, the rustic look, so you have some columns and things mm-hmm. like that, man, but the features, man, they, they would've sold me, so. Yeah, made a, lot a of, good decision. A lot of
1: people see this spot and don't even think I'm even in St. Louis, and there's people who yeah. live in St. Louis just because of how it looks, so. Yeah. Hmm.
0: That's interesting. So, man, like, how's life been since the last time? You know, I mean, we we met probably about over a year ago. I would say, yeah. uh, you know, a good friend of ours, Boom. You know, through him and like, we found out we was cut from the same cloth. But uh, how, how's life been since since we you know, last time? Uh,
1: it's been a big transition. Uh, I had just moved here actually to St. Louis okay. um, a little bit probably around the same time that we met. So yeah. uh, I was just trying to get grounded, doing some things, had some other stuff going on in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I was just uh, more focused on what's the next steps. Right, right. Uh, This has always been viewed as, you know, more of a transition city for me. Just, you know, come in. I ended up getting promoted, which led uh, to me even coming to St. Louis to begin with. And now, you know, it's what's next, you know, my next next steps, things of that nature. So yeah. really, um, I mean, I love my time here in the city, you know, appreciate them coming, showing me love with uh, open arms. But this is something, you know, I am looking to get more to the West Coast or in a more fast paced uh, of a city. Gotcha. You say
0: like, for example, being on the West Coast, you, you started there uh, before you got to St. Louis.
1: But like originally, where are you from? So originally from East Chicago, Indiana, a small town right outside of Chicago. Um, It's the city to Gary. (laughs) Exactly. Everyone's more familiar with Gary. So uh, even growing up or through my experiences, I learned to just say, hey, I'm from Gary because more people can relate. The toughest (laughs) thing is explaining East Chicago that's in Indiana, and everyone's automatically going to think I'm talking about the East side of Chicago. So um that was something i learned in college and yep. ever since then i just i'm from gary you know but born and raised to I me mean, 219 right here it's, it's, it's on me for life so yeah, it, bleeds to our, man, it bleeds to our veins for sure like man so like ec what's that what was like what was like growing up at ec now? i mean well it was everything you know what i'm saying in my and if you get my perspective on right. it just because uh I mean, you grew up in a, a, a small city, uh, and which didn't appear to be that small. But it, when you think about it now, you can get across the entire city in five, ten minutes. You know, what I mean, if <laughs> really like realistically. So, um, so it's like run, it's grown up, and you think it's this big place, and then you you like once you get to a place where you drive and you're able to commute, it's like yeah, oh, this is, a, this is small. So it's like being when I go to like a city like Indianapolis and it takes like 20 minutes to get you know pretty much everywhere you know that's the norm and then like you think about it to go like you know a mile mile and a half you remember paying like five ten dollars gas money to get from one side of the city to the next right it makes absolutely no sense for like really a 10 minute commute like realistically i could walk there Mm -hmm. if i didn't like Mm -hmm. have a time preference on it like that's that's actually good commute for like a city though yeah, but then also there's no resources like the time to it, so you know mm, what I mean. Like, talk about that a little bit more. It's just not much out there. So, um, and I didn't even see it from this perspective. I was dating someone, and I took them back, and they're from like California. You know, got a different perspective. Kind of grew up big city, LA. You know what I mean? And I took them to where I was from, mm-hmm. and you know we hit the couple blocks, mm-hmm. showing them around different things, but. It ain't really much to show. And yeah. the question was like, well, what did you do for fun growing up? Or mm-hmm. what did you guys eat? And things like that. And, and it really hit me from a perspective of, of like restaurant options. Okay. McDonald's, Burger King, Subway, mm. Sharks, Harold's, JJ's. You know what I mean? But. Growing up, you know, like you are gonna go get a six piece or a piece of puff. People don't know about pizza puffs. outside of the Midwest, bro. Not even Midwest, bro. Like outside of Chicago, Indiana, like within that circle, people don't know about pizza puffs, bro. got
0: put the lemon pepper
1: with the mouth on. sauce. The mouth they don't know about you mouth sauce. It took me a while to realize that From too, man. Out, They don't
0: know what mouth
1: sauce is. Out west, bro, no, yeah. never heard of it. Yeah. Like, and I was like, "What do you mean you don't know about mouth sauce?" You know, but just um, to bring everything back. Growing up is just, you know what I mean, small city, a lot of crime, um, but when you look at it, it's not really a lot of outlets to avoid crime, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? So, like, we used to do stuff, which we considered fun, which was, you know, we was getting into stuff, We you know. Being kids. Exactly, but it was fun at the time, like, you know what I mean, but nobody told us, like somebody hold the the gas station door open we run get some get some bags of chips and, and run out the out, store yeah. like that was fun you know what i mean right, and right. that was just like something to do right but we were stealing you so know so what I'm saying? so like the crazy thing is you really didn't realize like i was actually like, like a crime so like you know good from bad right. so you knew you wasn't doing something good. good but at the same token you was doing it for fun it wasn't like out of spite or like be like out of envy with it you know what I mean like Like, not having much to do exactly (laughs) like it's just something to do you know what I mean that's crazy like yeah it's it's a lot of stuff and like I said you just viewed it growing up as fun but Mm -hmm. ultimately like probably one it, we just didn't have many other avenues especially once they hit a certain a certain time mm-hmm. you know what I mean it ain't really much to do in the evenings mm-hmm. um you had like one outlet you used to go to the roller dome skating rink yeah. you know, how Um how could you ever forget about that exactly exactly <laughs> but then like
0: like tell people real quick what was that about like, like the, the whole experience dome,
1: that was the roller dome to give like everyone a uh, perspective it's like if you, this is how we viewed it, you know what I mean? It was nothing of, of this caliber, but like, just to give everyone a perspective, like uh, Cascade from ATL, mm-hmm. but it's, a, you know, it used to be a lot of skating going on in between, but then ultimately, you weren't <laughs> doing any more skating, and it was a lot more, you know, yep. well, it, it was more of the working and twerking before twerking was yeah, a yeah, thing yeah, going yeah. on, you know, <laughs> the slow music, got your, like, your pretty Rickies, you know, stuff like that dropping, uh-huh. and then Ultimately, by the end of the night, it was going to be at least one fight, if not like a brawl breakout. Yeah. And it could even go from somebody playing the game of point them out, knock them out, which is Man. you literally point to a random person and you and your friends go over there and knock them out. And it caused some trouble or whatever. And I'd have been on both sides of it. You know Same. what I'm saying? Like, it has been times we was outnumbered. I mean, it has been times, you know, the other way. But ultimately, like, those are uh, experiences help to like build a tough skin, mm-hmm. and like I think the greatest gift that I have is growing up in an impoverished community, mm-hmm. because like you get to see it from the bottom of the bottom first, and then yeah. as you experience more in life, you just get a chance to see what the possibilities uh, yeah. exist. And I think it also gives you a chance to view things from a different perspective because you've always been like more of the underdog. Mm-hmm. So regardless, you're gonna always have a chip on your shoulder, and you're gonna always, uh, you're gonna always feel like, um, you know, there's nothing that can stop you, or you you always know that the odds are against you to start. So right. with that being said, you're not entitled to anything. Mm-hmm. I think it was uh, Rich Paul. Uh, he was talking about how working with LeBron. Um, and how he was able to be successful working with LeBron. And even though it was one of his best friends, and he could have easily just, you know, didn't take things seriously. He said the best thing for him was that they aren't directly related. Interesting. Because he wouldn't have worked as hard probably if, yeah, if they he was related. And the reason mm-hmm. why he's saying that is because LeBron don't owe him anything. He's not entitled to anything. Flesh and blood, your family, they think they entitled, you know what I mean? And that that's what changed the perspective on stuff. But when he said that, though, it hit different, man, because, you know what I mean, just overall perspective right. and how he viewed it, you know what I mean? So, like, growing up in an impoverished neighborhood you always have that mindset of you're not entitled anything because you used to things not going your way like you used to miss promises you know what i'm saying or like seeing people like feeling like the poor kid when you go places it's like a field trip you see another school and how they eat things like that like i think they did a great job of showcasing that on the shot and like bringing a true perspective of how things is with growing up in those type of neighborhoods and then like you know having interactions with you other kids same age group your peers technically when you go to college with them they're gonna be your peers you know what i mean like there's no nothing that separates you y'all gonna be in the same classroom like there's nothing that separates you exactly and the only thing is is y'all two different people on the paper y'all just got two different id numbers but they don't show like oh i grew up in the hood i come from nothing like i worked my ass off to get here and then you got this person whose parents just Paid the cash, basically, for them to go. Mm-hmm. They barely got accepted, you know what I mean? And, and really trying to transpire from that. Mm-hmm. So, like, comparing the two, like, although you got separate upbringings, in the same token, you're going to be in the same classroom, and it's going to be an even playing field. Mm-hmm. And that's where you truly separate yourself. That's why I benefit from college so much. Respect,
0: respect. See, and when, when you were talking, Ben, you you made a good point about, um, like, come with, you don't come with this entitled feeling. Um, I know when I was growing up, a lot of times I would see like all the kids, you know what I'm saying, with like different things that I didn't have, mm-hmm. amenities, clothes, uh, trips and all that stuff. And one thing it, it did realize, it did make you realize you were poor. Like it, it made you realize like, man, like I'm not like everyone else, but I mean, I have to work my butt off harder than everyone else. 100%. So it, it gave you a almost a kind of a, uh, I would say entitlement for working hard, because a lot of times, like a lot of my peers I'm gonna be honest with you, a lot of my peers that I've seen with, uh, you know, that grew up with a, a comfortable lifestyle, I don't see them having that same grit, that same tenacity or that, that. so let's talk a little about that, like being where we from, you know, we come with a certain attitude, mindset, I would say, um, how do you think that has, has uh, shown itself
1: So I just take it back to, like, I'll use this as an example, like growing up with the kids who parents were financially, more financially stable, whether it was, you know, their parents may have been, you know, a banker or, you know, had a a great job in the mill or working for the city, or, you know, their parents could have been doing some illegal activities, whatever the case may be, they were more financially stable than my household. And I view, like, Those were the kids getting bad grades, but they got all the new J's. They always fresh and I always resented them because it would be like, for me, I actually got good grades, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? My parents working hard, but I was like, yo, your parents just want you to get good grades, bro. Like, can we switch, please? Like, I would have everything. And that would just make me work so much harder. So I never understood that. But to the same token, they always been spoiled so like you know what I mean if you don't if you don't know like what that feels like of not having some and then getting that sensation of finally having some mm-hmm. that'll change your perspective on things man and that's why it really is different when you get it out the mud and like gives you a different perspective on it because it's always different when you worked hard for it when right. you built it up from the bottom you know what sure. I'm saying that's your sure. baby you put in the time work the iron the grit you know what I mean the blood sweat and tears to really build this up mm-hmm. so you think somebody else gonna come in with the same passion you got for it and they had nothing to do with that process of building it up? Not at all, exactly. So they don't own that same in the same token. But you know, what I mean, I feel like growing up in, like I in impoverished community in the streets of East Chicago, like you overcoming gangs, drugs, you overcoming like being involved with the illegal activities, you getting pressured to have sex early in life. Like, you know, what I mean, you seeing people um, who, talking about they own, they successful, and they got their own spot, and they stand, you know, in housing authority and projects, you know what I mean? But they got a key, and, and it's they- And glorified, by the way. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm independent, yeah. but I'm paying $14 a month for yeah. rent. You know what I mean? Or And really, like, and there's, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with, you know, using these resources and things like that, but I think still, at the same token, where the circle continues is, it's like, right now, like, None of my mother's side of the family ever moved away from East Chicago. Never really, you know, did anything until like within the the recent years. Like I was the first one to even go off and live somewhere else. And I'm the youngest with a wide gap. But with that being said, if I would have asked my mom five, ten years ago, like, oh, I'm 18, just got out of school, high school, you know, mom looking to get my own apartment. You know, she probably would have directed me to go down to the housing authority and see what they got available. And it's not only like because uh, she think I'm worth living in the projects or whatever, but that's all she know. That's going to be the direct thing that she tell me. So that's how the circle continue. Because the people you're going for, they're not really knowledgeable on certain things outside the fact, because they ain't never been through that themselves. That's why I tell people, like, even with going to college for kids. Like, if you go to college for one year and tell me it ain't for you, I'm totally fine with that. But you know what, you went out, you saw it for yourself and you tried, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's also like, okay, if you're not going to college, that's fine, but set up a plan just as if you're going to college. When is your start date for trade school? When are you starting a job or how does that search look like? What kind, of, what kind of stuff are you putting yourself in position for to be successful? And a lot of times people will come be a part of some, go to a university, and then it turns out, never turn around, never move home. I never moved back to East Chicago once I went to Indianapolis for college, never ever. Didn't even think about it, never looked back. Every summer I stayed in Indy, it never was an option. Like, there was no reason. And my whole thing was, I just never wanted to be that kid that had everything going for itself, went home for the summer, for summer break, and ended up getting shot or killed. And it's like, unfortunate to say that, but that's really an ideal, man. And that's really like stories that you hear regularly, you know what I mean? Regularly and it's like, just unacceptable. Now,
0: you had told me about a time that you had had went to visit, and so um, tell me about that experience, cause I remember it being like you was kind of shocked, and I think we we talked about it cause we had similar uh, type of experiences when we went back.
1: Sure. So I mean, I think the time you're referring to is not too long ago. Actually, I was feeling a little lost, and it's more so like, you know, what I mean, kind of on the cusp of you know, I'm seeing people doing a lot of stuff legally. I'm seeing a lot of people doing stuff illegally. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm cool with both sides. You know what I mean? But I feel I feel like it's always good to have people in all circles because of knowledge for knowledge purposes. But you know, I go back home. I'm just you know like man, I ain't been on the block in a while. Let me go check it out. You know what I mean? See how everybody doing is more so like checking in because we used to have uh, the projects, but the projects don't exist anymore. Uh, West Calumet Complex. Look it up. East Chicago, Indiana um, actually had worse water than Flint. And people didn't know about it with the lead. Uh, It was built on an old lead plant essentially years ago. And I grew up there my entire life. It's people that have been there 30, 40 years that grew up drinking that water, everything. So, like, everything's still being settled out and everything, but it made national coverage. Uh, It just wasn't as big or more of of a push for, like, Flint and, you know what I'm saying, blew up in that capacity, but, you know. Growing up in those areas, man, and and seeing that, you know what I mean, and like with that not existing anymore, so like you don't really have no common space to like see everybody, you know, you used okay. to be able to pull up at the court, everybody gonna be on the hey, block, hey, what's hey, up, you got some music playing, everybody out there chilling, just kicking it, but you know, that's not the case, so. Um, now looking forward, uh speaking of the time that you're uh talking about it was like a party, uh old nineties party or something like that. It was you know, probably had no business going there. Probably, you know, at our age, anybody shouldn't be going to no basement, playing no no working and twerking music, you know, trying to get no jukes. Right. But it wasn't even there for that experience. I was there more so, like I say, to stumbling to some people I may not have seen in the last like six to ten years, you know what I mean? So to go in, it's an entire perspective, pull up, how about the car? Everybody like standing outside, kind of just on the block. But one thing really stood out, like everybody got 30 rounds hanging out. Like, it's like a plethora. Like, I'm like, whoa, all right, well, at least I know everybody. I'm cool, you know what I mean? But at the same token, it was crazy. And then you get people who like, Man, it used to be like bullies back in the day or so tough, X, Y, and Z. But then they approaching you and they just shaking your hands. You know what I mean? Like, anybody trying to use it? When you go back home, first thing somebody trying to do, gang bang, walk up, try to shake up with you or something like that. But, you know what I'm saying? It's different when you got people who are well respected in the streets walking up to you, just shaking your hand. Like, bro, I, I see what you're doing. I respect that, man. You really got out the mud. Like, you know what I mean? essentially telling me like, man, where I went left, you went right, bro, and I salute you for that. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have the courage. I didn't have the courage to do what you did, how you did it, Mm -hmm. but I respect you for doing it. So like, I can also see them people like, not really trying to bring me in to, you know, do some illegal business, something Mm -hmm. like that. Like, almost like I'm shielded, unless I want to, you know what I'm saying, do something like that, which of course I'm everything on the positive side, always moving forward, trying to be motivational, inspirational to the youth. So. For sure.
0: For sure. And, and you talk about like getting like sucking back into it like that. I mean, I remember one time that I went, like I'm hanging out, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm expecting like, like, like you said, the vibes gonna be everybody out, everybody enjoying the day. I go up, there's a few people at the court, there's a, some of my boys, Literally at this house that growing up, we were always, it was like, bro, I know for sure that was mm-hmm. heavy, <laughs> heavy in there. And uh, pulled up, and they, you could tell the same vibe was happening. It just basically, like the OGs back in, like the day when I was a kid, they moved off the scene. And the guys that were around my age yep. moved into the scene. yep And bro, I'm telling you, like, they I pull up, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Reconnecting, like, how's life? You know what I'm saying? Everybody, you know what I'm saying? Saying salute. And then, you know, one of the homies, like, you know, saying, they're like, yo, like, what's going on? A guy pulls up, right? And I'm telling you, like, I know for sure, but I can tell the energy. Something Mm -hmm. was about to happen, bro. Like, you could just feel it in there. And you you remember those same guys, you remember being in those same type of situations. So, you could tell, like, the the conversation. I I think it's more so, man. Language.
1: You just know, like, this dude was grimy back in the day. (laughs)
0: What changed? Well, there's
1: nothing that changed, bro. Let's like, we're older now. What changed? Yeah. He got more access to probably weapons, yep. money. Yep. You know what I mean? To this capacity, like, you know what I mean? Like you've been grimy, man. Like I remember you set your homeboy up, to just rob his bike or like, you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. you just set somebody up and you walking with them. You stole their, their cell phone and you helping them find it. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Some people just got those type of characteristics. Yeah. But if you was doing that in seventh, eighth grade, you know, telling what type of business you're doing now, you feel me? When there's more to lose involved. Yeah, you're probably
0: doing some crazy stuff. But man, looking at it now or looking back, um, you know, we we had like similar backgrounds. Um, I would say like there was a there was a transition in your life. Um, you going from like BC, and um, you actually going to um, college. Mm-hmm. And um I always like wanna know like as far as like guys like that grew up guys and girls that grew up in like environments of poverty and a lot of violence, you know what I'm saying, a lot of like threats against our lives, just like not only just like the physical but just the mental threat that we face. What 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 was the thing that said, you know, I'm gonna go to school, I'm gonna try this thing out.
1: So like it's crazy. I always had good grades, man. Like always had good grades. Um And it was always, like, when I was young, they used to call me, like, when smart guy used to be out, they used to call me the professor. Like, that was my family nickname. So, like, I always had good grades. School was always, like, enemy. And I usually was, like, always smarter than some of the people, some of my peers. The thing that got me when I was young, though, like, people probably don't have this grudge about school, but I got skipped over to being gifted and talented. Then one of my best friends, we grew up together, had every class together, everything. He got accepted, it killed me. You know what I'm saying? And that was something that really grudged me. So like, we had a little small contest, like academic bowl stuff like that, you know, which is like kind of like a game show where you play against other schools. But I always, always made sure like we didn't finish under like second place, no year, and like no year. And it was because I always had that grudge. But like, um, I'm sorry. Uh, Uh, I mean,
0: mean, uh, the question is, basically, what what was your mental game to get you to college?
1: Boom. So so like I almost blew off college, man. So my grades was good up until like my junior year. Uh, I started like ditching class, doing some stuff and I had no business doing. I had been on my own, though, since I was 16, like as far as supporting myself. So So, like real
0: quick, what happened
1: then? Uh, my mom had kind of just was like, now looking back on the situations that was happening, she was going through financial hardships. I didn't really know what was going on. I just came home one day and she was like, you're going to go live with your brother for a little bit of time. I'm going to live with your sister for a little bit of time. You know what I mean? Putting two and two together now as an adult, moms were struggling. I don't know if she like, if we got kicked out the crib, if we moved out before or what was going on, but like, I never saw no letters and nothing like that, but ultimately, you know, like. That was it. So when I started living with my sisters and you no know, star, like we growing up, we in high school, community we grew up in, like we wore uniforms in my school, but shoes was everything, you know what I mean? Like shoes is everything in the community growing up, like that's what how you decipher yourself, you know what I mean? Like a fresh pair of shoes could definitely get you a date, get you a girl. Like if you got the fresh pair of mics, especially if you can go to Roseland and get them two, three A's earlier. You know what I mean? Like you was hot stuff. And like the sneaker game has changed so much, but that's a story for another time, you know what I mean, but um, what really did it for me was uh my dad passed away uh my senior year first semester, senior year, second semester, like I just kind of got my my stuff like on track, and I managed to get my g p up a my g p a back up enough to like where I got into like a um uh temporary program, and I had to do like summer school basically to get in the to get in the Kelly School of business. And I went for that summer. It was July 4th, last day in the hood. i never forget, last day, 2011, July 4th. Um, and then I went down to Indy, July 5th for IUPUI. Was there 30 days. Came back for two weeks. Couldn't wait to get back to school. Got back, bro. After that, it was a new environment. School was live, It's a lot more women. A lot more going on the colors was bright it was just calling my name yeah. but it really was just like bro i just went from waking up in the projects to like now i'm waking up i'm downtown in indianapolis it's skyscrapers it's all of this new energy all of these new people and like that really was like all right i can get used to this but i still was like on some hood stuff though because still my mentality was still like hood. So like, you know. It never leaves you. Exactly, bro, like, and, and feeling that way, still being like a little grimy, like kind of like stand office to certain people, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Just like, just not moving as openly. But like, as the year started going, like it really opened up for me. So it got to a point where I had friends of all races, like we could be fist pumping Thursday night We could be Friday playing beer pong with some people. Saturday we'd be working and twerking, you know what I mean? Just like have it played out. But like college really diversified my thought process on like just people in general, interacting with people because East Chicago is like 60% black, 40% Hispanic. Ain't no other races, you know what I mean? So I ain't really grew up with them experiences and then all you got is the negative notation or whatever perception that other people have put out there about, you know, these races. So um really the turning point with me though was like I was the only one of my friends really talking about going to college. My grades had I was able to finesse some on my grades. Ipu. I didn't have a, a essay. Yeah. That's why I applied for them. I didn't apply to no other schools because they applied. They had essays, yeah. which is one of my biggest regrets as well. Yeah. Um, and then really, it was just like once I got down there, it's like you know I can get used to this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't have to walk around and look over my shoulder every day. And that's what it was for me because back He's at the crib, mind. it's just too many people trying to prove themselves. Yeah. And for what? You know what I mean? Like. That's just like people who grow up, we, we in the hood, you're going to put on a fresh fit, you're going to get your car hooked up, and you're going to turn the same three blocks for the same ten people. Yes. You know what I'm saying? None's going to change on a daily basis. Nothing's going to change.
0: It's going to happen week
1: in and week out. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, it just was too much of the same. So having that fresh view on things, and then also, like, I never thought I'd be in a situation like that. So for it to be, like, okay this is real cool and it's on me to mess it up Mm -hmm. and i almost messed it up too so yeah man we we talked you talked about like going
0: and and living in ec and like i said similar backgrounds on that but uh you know let's let's talk about like the challenges within college uh challenges that you had within college
1: uh, I would say the challenges in college is more so like transitioning and being like open and like with diverse group, with diversity groups uh-huh. and just being open with people in college in general like college you can walk up to a table random person and say hey how's it going and start talking with people and since you're a student on the campus it's cool you and can get away opastatic. with it yeah. now if you take the same approach where we grew up at and you try to do the same thing somebody might smack you liable. you liable feel me yes. yeah. and it's because they they don't know what you own. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. you could be somebody grimy or trying to do something mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying behind their back or anything like that so i think more so it's like you can let down your guard and be yourself and i think that was like one of the hardest things for me initially or a challenge because I still was, like, kind of standoffish. And, of course, you don't just let anybody in to, you, you know, your personal circle. Mm-hmm. But also to some sort, like, I had to shield up. And, like, being in that type of environment, you don't necessarily need that shield. But, yeah. you know, you're so standoffish initially because you come from somewhere where you really need to figure out who this person is or yeah. what's going on yeah. with them because they could be shysty, you know what I mean? Sure. So I think that was one of my uh, biggest challenges, adjusting and, then, like, coming up from like I say, being in the projects to skyscrapers, you know what I mean? And being downtown indie, just couldn't beat that. Now I think that was, like, something that deciphered things for me. So, like, it wasn't a challenge. Like, it was something that was beautiful and, like, more eye-opening, but still to the same token. I think that's what kind of helped me push forward because it gave me a chance to see, like, life is good you know what I mean like yeah. life is cool yeah. and for me it's one of those things like I had to just see it and now like even now like I rent like when I go places I rent like luxury cars or like we'll try something new or don't mind paying for experience mm-hmm. because like once I see it it's like oh, yeah, I can get used to this yeah. you know what I mean yeah. it's like where I live, where I live now, like, everything. I live downtown, Indy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? My whole time living there. So, like, that was, like, a different experience. Then when I moved to Vegas, living right on the Strip, you know what I mean? Just open your eyes to different stuff there. Got blessed. Um, luxury condo there. Mm-hmm. And, like, we had, like, valet service. Like, wow. you know what I mean? It was, like, super cool. Now That's you amazing. could imagine. But, like, coming from the projects, bro, nobody would have ever told me, like, ah, oh, man, you going to live on the Strip. Trip. Like you gonna have valet period in your lifetime period mm-hmm. like at your crib like that's that's insane man it's yeah. something that's like unimaginable but it's the same is token you know what I'm saying like everybody can go out and make it happen and that's all off the strength of like networking and things like that because mm-hmm. I didn't have much.
0: Mm-hmm. How
1: how can how can someone network? Like
0: what is networking like? Because like you know back like you said back at the crib you might go hey what's going on how's it how you doing you know my name's Josh whatever and the boys back at home like yo back off bro like you too close but uh like what does what does that look like what does that mean
1: like, so networking. well my boy uh bg bobby gay look him up mm-hmm. um public speaking he just like i just listened to one of his um presentations today and one of the things he said is uh network with a purpose mm-hmm. so like realizing this is something like that just opened up my eyes here like i say in the last six seven hours and something that's been like constantly on me but it's like network with a purpose know what you want to get to in your ultimate goal and like network towards that don't just say like okay like um say i want to get into sales okay okay they're having a networking event for broadcasters or something like that or like you know nothing that has to do with the field of or vice versa like you want to get into broadcasting but mm-hmm. you go on the because it's young black professionals mm-hmm. but it's based around sales so you just going mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying not saying that you can't stumble into something but put some focus on it yep. sign up for a conference or something that's specializes in yeah. what you want to do and yeah. that's like stuff that i'm failing at right now you know mm-hmm. what i mean because mm-hmm. <clears throat> even to a to a sort like you just kind of make it off the strength, you don't realize the extracurricular stuff you could do Mm -hmm. to still set yourself apart as an adult and as a Mm -hmm. professional versus then like, you always trying to set yourself apart when you, you know, young or playing a sport or like in college, things like that. But as adults, You don't have that same push because you can become complacent at your job, or like, you know, you got career opportunities to move forward Mm -hmm. with your job, stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, you know, but like, you got to keep continuing to educate yourself, whether it's, you know what I'm saying, through reading a book Mm -hmm. or whether it's networking with people and just hearing what's going on in the industry, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying, what's rising, staying above a a, a hit of the trends, Mm -hmm. things like that. So I think like, that's more so networking, like, figure out what you're trying to do and then pursue that journey in particular, like whether it's a workshop, whether it's figuring out if uh, a particular company in the city uh, Mm. does something or is uh, uh, specializes in what you're trying to do, seeing if you can meet up with somebody within that company, not only to ask them to try to get you a job from where, where you at, but pick their brains to see what other yeah. options lie within the, the uh, community and within that circle of things. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you could be missing out on opportunities because you're looking for the wrong thing.
0: Mm-hmm. So the strategy is really to like focus on the industry that you want to go, you want to be in, right? And network within that industry. So like for example, like if you want to be like a, I don't know, like a, a garbage man. Obviously, you're gonna like put yourself into the trash, a trash company. Or talk to people that, you know am saying, have that because basically you want to get to some place and basically you got
1: to start talking to the people that you want to. Just be direct. All right. That's more so like, it's just like if you aiming at the bullseye on the wall, you're mm-hmm. playing darts, mm-hmm. you directly want to hit that target. Mm-hmm. Be direct. Okay. And I think that's where I'm failing. Like I'm trying to sum everywhere right now. Gotcha. And it's like. Okay, I know I want to do something where it allows to like my passion. You know what I mean? It's something I really believe in, and that my interest is shaped around. Where it's like, okay, that's cool. You know what I mean? But at the same token, you know, where are you really investing your time, or how are you doing so, or why am I everywhere when I can focus on one particular thing? I got a friend who um, he's really been. he he won't move on to the next task Hmm. until he masters it. Hmm. That's his thing. Like, I don't care, like, how long I've been doing it. Like, even if it's taking me longer than most or whatever, mm-hmm. I won't move on until I until master like completely
0: master And what is mastering for him? Like, is that like understanding it completely, being able to talk about it, being efficient?
1: So, or what else? I think it depends on what he's trying to master. Mm-hmm. And I think it encompasses, like, being just fully engaged. And knowing like pretty much everything, even if it's like something that has a process, like knowing step by step, or knowing what can make something faulty, or like being able to troubleshoot and things like that. But it's because you've been through all of the downfalls, Mm the other things that could happen because you've been trying to master this. So you made sure you knew every actual component of what you needed to know, and you have that much more experience and knowledge behind it, and that's what's really, you know what I'm saying, carrying you on to the next level. So that's how I would say, like, he probably abuses his master, but I know for sure, like, that's his thing. Like, if he locks in on something, he's not going to move forward to something else until he has that master. Yeah. And, like, I was like, sometimes it may put him in a position to hinder him because sometimes you got to be able to move forward and leave certain things behind. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Just based on time, things like that, because you could be hindering yourself. So, completely. But he looks at it like as if I master it and get everything complete. Then at the same token, it all come back full, Mm. you know, full circle just because I did have those opportunities and I did complete that. And I'm able to share this with others and knowledge is power. I like that. I like that. That's looking at it a little bit different because I've I've
0: been around people that, you know, normally and even in my friend groups, professional groups, we typically like to we don't like to stay on the project too long. You know, we're not going to stay on the project for like longer than. a month or so, and then after that project we went on to another one, especially if we haven't mastered, but I think that's like important to look at you know mastering something uh it takes uh it takes some time hundred you know? percent now you were talking about networking and i look at I look at like how important network networking is, uh, but I mean, I don't think you just picked up strategies just up by like just by like you know guessing up on I mean you were part of the you know Kappa alpha Psi, uh, you know, what were there like things that or organizations, brotherhood, people just in general that put you on, help you understand it? Uh, or or it was more like, hey, I'm just I'm right. So I'm going to learn it.
1: Nah, no, nah, not at all. Uh, it's a lot of people that blessed me um, and that were open with me. But I think I was able to prove to them that I was worth their time. Mm mm-hmm. And people are just expecting people to do stuff for them and not willing to prove you know, what they're bringing to the table mm-hmm. to that person, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And show their worth and what they have to add to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A lot of people are always looking to eat, but nobody's always looking to get in the kitchen and cook. That's true. You know what I'm saying? And really, like, even when I was young, we went, I remember it was like fifth grade or something. Like, no, nah, it wasn't fifth grade. I'm lying. Probably like junior year of high school. Yeah, well, that sounds a little better. Junior <laughs> year of high school, we went to like a college fair or something at Purdue Cal. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just at the crib. But I had like, took, I had resumes, everything. You know what I mean? I'm giving them to like the professors or whoever mm-hmm. we're talking to. That's not going to give me no competitive advantage looking back on it. Mm-hmm. But what they showed my teachers and stuff was that I had a different mindset. So it made them want to invest in me more, you yeah. feel me? Because I, I automatically decipher myself from the other kids. Mm-hmm. And they knew like, Okay, he may not have a highest GPA or whatever, but, like, he thinks differently. Mm-hmm. Like, he clearly has a business perspective on things Absolutely. early in life, you know what See? I'm saying? And that was it. That's,
0: I think that's genius. I would do something similar. So what I would do is I would actually go and talk to the professor about outside projects that I, go, that I got going on that correlates with what was going on inside the classroom. Mm-hmm. And they would give me advice on what those projects were. But like you said, they hadn't they had your interest in mind because you were already letting them know, hey, I'm investing into this, and they were like, well, I'll help you, I'll help you.
1: 100%. And a lot of people don't be opposed to like helping people, but it's like, I know a lot of times people come to me with ideas and stuff, and it's so like, excuse my language, Mm half-assed, or like not truly thought through. So like, people will say something or have an idea, you can ask like three simple questions, like, have you thought about funding? Have you thought about this? Oh, what if this happened? Mm Oh man, I ain't even thought about that woo woo. But you was just talking about you about to roll everything out and get everything going. Yeah. But it's like people don't always plan through operations. Mm-hmm. Like I think strategic planning is one of the most like forgot about things yeah. when you're trying to put together a business yeah. and really your strategy should be everything the everything business is based upon. Mm-hmm. But like even um like I heard you talking earlier when you saying some about, you know, some you doing another business venture and you just like I'm going be honest with you. I see what the competition doing, and it's, it's fire, mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you got to be, like, realistically, like, with yourself on what that looks like. Yep. And don't tell yourself stories about what yeah, you got going right, on, you right, know what I mean? Right, like, right. recognize that because it's only going to make you be better, That's you know it. what I mean? So, That's like, it. even speaking to that, so, like, I wasn't trying to eavesdrop on your conversation or no, anything, you <laughs> but I happened to hear that piece, but it hit me a little different. So, um,
0: let's talk about, you mentioned... Uh, Strategy, right? Life is about strategy. That's kind of the biggest thing for me. Strategy, um, living life through strategic planning. Um, and you, you've been strategic, and I, I guess within the last couple of years, uh, because you're you're working at you're working at Hershey, and and you're kind of doing something. I mean, to me, you're doing something amazing. Um, right what,
1: what is your position, and what do you do? Bro, well, right now I'm a district sales supervisor, manager, essentially. Um, um. I have um I'm over 13 reps that uh, cover all of, well, half of Missouri and also half of Illinois and a small portion of Iowa. And we can we cover all of the convenience uh, sector, so pretty much every gas station, um, anything labeled in the C-Store channel, you know, that's what we can control. And it's more so, um, you know, I manage those who, you know, sell uh, merchandise and also just put together, execute our sales plans out in the, um, out in the field. And, mm-hmm. you know, I really like uh, some of the heart and soul of our uh, sales organization okay okay and how did you like what, what was what
0: was about Hershey's that attracted you to their company or what what made you say you know this is the company I'm gonna
1: work with all right first and foremost if we're being transparent and completely honest okay first and foremost if we're being completely transparent and completely honest I needed a job and um, I was coming out of school after going to that career fair I knew that I wanted to, like I say get out of Indiana, but also uh, see what resources out there mm-hmm. also put myself in a position to make the most money absolutely, but also you know balance the the benefits and things of that nature, so I mm-hmm. uh, picked the Hershey company uh paid the best, I had a company car, you know some other benefits that came <laughs> with it, and um you know I really was sought out to see exactly what they were uh, talking about and what the company had mm-hmm. um, now looking at it, why I stay with the company is more so everything's built upon you know uh, Milton Hershey, which is the founder of the company. Giving back uh, everything to a trust that takes care of the Milton Hershey students, mm-hmm. which are all, like, impoverished kids from all across the nation um, who have been, like, uh, you have to apply to the school. They've been accepted based on certain uh, requirements mm-hmm. and things of that nature. That's amazing, by and, the way. And that's, um, so every Hershey bar that you actually purchase, you're actually giving back to the trust. And the thing that I really like about that is that 60% of the kids are, uh, you know, um, ethnic backgrounds. Really? Really? So, with that being said, I know that I'm still giving back and helping, you know, provide more um, to the youth mm-hmm. and also more to our culture, so having more, you know, young diverse professionals. So, so
0: then that means that, like for example, kids from like Gary, kids from EC uh, that are looking to go to school, how could they apply like for this
1: like scholarship? Like how the, how are they able to get their hands on? This? So, I believe everything is based upon. Um, I think it's just like. Hershey Milton Hershey School or you know something of the sort there and uh, they have a particular uh, guideline or rubric that they have for and I'm not sure on all the details there but uh, that they go through and then like I say you do have to be accepted but uh, they go all the way from when they're very young kids Mm -hmm. all the way through high school and then they also pay up to I think it's up to like a hundred thousand dollars now. Really? uh, In the scholarship and they earn that throughout the school year. So based on your grades, different merits, performance merits, things like that, you can earn more of a scholarship or you can get more of a scholarship taken away. Hmm. So it's a way of teaching them like life lessons, consequences. Of your actions mm. and things like that and mm. even like their senior year they end up um like kind of living on their own in sure. their own home sure. they have to play utilities or their lights will get cut uh-huh. off things like that <laughs> of course they're not actually without you know their uh, mm. electrical or anything like that mm. but like i say it's more so to teach them like life lessons things i like think
0: that's that. super mm. beneficial i think that a lot of the biggest problems that we face is that, you know, we get opportunity to resources. We get opportunity to education, but we don't know how to manage yeah. because we never had that. So, for example, like think about as a as a young entrepreneur, I'm entrepreneur by trade, entrepreneur by heart. But let's just say, for example, like I go talk to others and they say, OK, I want to be an entrepreneur. Um, and then they go and apply for a loan. Uh, they get the money and then they they fail within their first 18 months because they didn't have the education and the resources behind them to you know uh manage you know mm-hmm. that that loan so i think that what Hershey's she's doing is you know they're giving kids opportunity but then they're putting some like hey here's some life skills behind that and i think that's that's good i mean edu- educating uh behind the resources
1: is man that's that's phenomenal and these kids don't have any debt so it's a blessing they walk away with no debt that? yeah no debt anything that's the whole amazing. program's free
0: good good so, good. so I, I honestly see why <laughs> you uh you work for that company. Now, uh, if we're talking about like, giving back to, because you, you mentioned this, giving back to our community, giving back to you know, people that like, or paying homage uh, to the people that we, we grew around and we raised up with, um, what do you or how do you see yourself giving back and taking care of your community?
1: I mean, well, I've talked to a couple of my friends about starting like possible doing scholarships, even if it's like only a $1,000 dollars. Or something like that um, per year for a student in okay. the neighborhood or like kind of looking at it like that I also want to be more involved with like going back and speaking to the kids but um, really trying to put together a diversity program or some kind of um, you know some kind of content mm-hmm. and the reason why I say content is because no matter what I can keep passing a book to you yep. You know, you can continue to read and continue to pair that, pass that book and continue to share that That's right. versus I can come to you, speak, do one grand speech. I can touch your heart. It might could lead you in another direction. Mm-hmm. But where's the follow up after that? Yeah. So really some kind of content to either give back to impoverished kids or focused around impoverished kids um going back to school teaching them more like responsible uh, financial responsibility things mm-hmm. like that because you mentioned like oh you're getting a loan from school well a lot of students don't even need to take those loans it's just it's an option and nobody tells you not to take them or That's what true. the consequence looks at looks like after that so um you know just teaching uh more financial responsibility tapping oh. into that sector and then yeah, also um like even at career fairs, things like that, I mm-hmm. pull, you know, our brothers and sisters this side, you know, okay. whether I got an opportunity for them or not, or, or want to help them out, yeah, or if it's just general advice, man, yeah. like whether you're yeah. a freshman or you're a senior, you know what I mean? I'm gonna show you how to, or just give you advice, like if you first and foremost, like I met a freshman at a career fair, it was like, wow, okay, this is major that you even here, mm-hmm. but second, okay, there's not gonna be any opportunities for you here, but I'm gonna tell you how to make the most out of this. Mm-hmm. So every year it's the same recruiters that mm-hmm. come pretty much Mm -hmm. as long as they're with their companies so really all that means is this person is going to be hiring again next year why not start now building a relationship building a rapport let them know who you are sending emails Mm -hmm. throughout the course of the semester Mm -hmm. things like that so when they know they're coming back to the school you're one of the first people they think about so you can build this relationship over time but people don't believe in doing Mm those small little things Mm -hmm. and that takes five minutes
0: yeah yeah i think that's the amazing part about like networking um, but I think that it takes guys like you and I to like be giving back in that way. I, you know, for example, um, I'm working on this panel that I, I think that you'd be fantastic on. And the the panel basically uh, will be a group of young, you know, professionals, whether they're entrepreneurs, whether they're you know, uh, you know, you know, business people, mm-hmm. uh, lawyers, doctors. Uh, I'm bringing on a professor, but basically, like, just like a call to action. You remember the time where you were going from high school to college, and that was probably some of the most confusing time for you because, just like for me, like everybody trying to tell you where you need to go, they're trying to tell you, "Hey, like you should be doing this." Mom's like, "Go to school." Teachers are, like, "You're not smart enough." You're just trying to figure out, like, what is, like, what, what is what should I be doing? And so, um, I'm working on this this panel because I think that it would be a great opportunity to uh, have young, like high school students listen to young professionals and be like yo like here's a way here's an avenue let me let me listen to what these guys to say so i think you'd be perfect for that panel um and, and be a part of that you know so i i'll let you know you know how we're gonna for sure organize keep
1: me on uh, the details mm-hmm. and then we'll figure out you know even if you're hosting it back at the crib or yeah. however we can yeah. figure that out yeah I like to travel so you know I could always sure. take a trip Same. go see mom's dukes or something you know <laughs> so it's always a
0: great way to go see the family but
1: yeah. um what what do you what, what do you have planned in the future
0: projects in the future
1: um, in the future I'm still trying to get you know things in line like I said I'm trying to get to the west coast so uh trying to get things together in a professional standpoint mm-hmm. and then also like basing things around um you know multiple streams of incomes, you know and really seeing what that looks like I mean I'm 27 right now uh, really like hitting that peak of you know true adulthood. Like, I know you adult 21 or whatever, but like, 27 is really, when it really yeah, started it's really Set getting real, you know, and, know yeah. what I mean? Cause it's supposed to be all of this family, you know, you're supposed to be doing all these things. And also seeing your peers, you know, taking some steps, and it's not a, a jealousy aspect, but it's more so a damn, you know. I'm losing track of my true purpose and yeah. what I really want to get yeah. to in life. And that is something I want to see, but also realizing that my time just not be now. And then I also know when I do it, I want to do it right and Absolutely. do it big. Absolutely.
0: So. Absolutely. And we, and we talked about before, but you, you, you have started in, 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 in these other business endeavors. I mean, uh, for example, uh, you're uh, you're you're in the mar- you're in the stock market, right? Yeah. Uh, your trading. Right?
1: I do a, I do a little bit of trading. Okay. Um, and then also been working, the, tap into a little bit of, like, the Forex scene. Okay. Uh, and kind of see what some okay. things are going. Talking with some people about, you know, kind of the groups and stuff like that. But, um, you know, looking for some stability as far as awesome. terms of that. You know, with trading, it's up and down. Just mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying, it's anything, stock market. Yeah. Today you could be winning, tomorrow you could be broke. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Really looking at that, see how that could suffice. And then also uh, with been flipping or reselling I should say (laughs) (laughs) a lot of uh, sneakers Uh uh, Jordan Yeezys, a little bit of designer stuff um, and like Supreme anything like hype beast you know um, material or or, um, brands things like that that people have been enjoying so that's been something I've been kind of tapping in with a little bit Um, really just getting my uh, love and, and the passion back for streetwear. I mean, like, for a period of time, uh, like, someone had broken my house. I think I lost, like, 40, 50 pair of shoes. Wow. And then after that, I kind of just, you know, it sucked everything out of me because they stole the shoes where, like, I really waited in line for, you know what I mean? Or, like, I was hustling. Like, I may have been shooting dice and cutting hair to, you know what I mean, like those by shoes. shoes. So like, yeah. it really was like a lot of like, you know, blood, sweat and tears that, that mm-hmm. really went into that. So mm-hmm. it hit a little different. and kind of took away a little bit of my passion and love for like sneakers and, and streetwear in general. But I mean, I'm back, you know what I mean? Back and at I'm, it, huh? I'm, I'm, I'm back, I, I really love it and, and really catching that passion. But that's also something that's just opening up my eyes to like what truly makes you happy. Gotcha. And so, so you're pretty much just reselling.
0: Uh, uh, clothing and, and 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 shoes, and so, is there a market for that? I mean, should should other people jump into that, or, or or you you don't want others to play around with that?
1: So like I'm never here to tell anyone not to you know what I mean hop on that game. I will say that it's some people that make a living off of reselling, and it's some people that are really like just fans of certain things, right? So like for me, with being so involved or like having so much of emotional attachment to some of this stuff, like I have to buy stuff in other sizes and stuff just <laughs> so when it gets here, like I for sure gotta get rid of it. Right, bro. right, right. Because it might be something that I really, really like. Mm-hmm. Like um, those cloud white Yeezys that just dropped. Like I got them, and when they came in person, I was like, "Ooh, these are fire!" Okay. But they was a nine, and I wear a ten, so they so had to go. They had to you go. Know? They had to be sold. So, but, exactly but like certain things like that there is a market for it but it's all based off of like you know certain items and like some stuff got more hype than others and like a lot of people don't do the research or like invest in themselves, Mm invest in, you know, Mm -hmm. like really finding out what the markets and and different things like that looks like. I mean, you might need a bot or, you know, automated, uh, Mm -hmm. like checkout service Mm -hmm. uh, or stuff like that. And that's how a lot of people cook or make their purchases, (laughs) you know, put y'all on some game. All right. Put them on, put them on. You know what I mean? And and, kind of get it going like that. So it just all depends. Um, I would say do your research. I will say that I have bought stuff And thought I was gonna like cash out and either lost money or just barely made my money back, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But I also look at some of that stuff as it is a business, so it's not just buying stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm buying inventory, so I got inventory on deck, which always means I got dollars. Mm -hmm. So like, I got a pair of shoes right now that's um, worth probably like six, seven hundred bucks. They just sitting there. Mm. That's close to a G whenever I need it, you know what I mean? But it's kind of however you look at it so if you want to find ways to store your money without it actually being money mm-hmm. and sneakers and some of this beat clothing wow. is a is a good way to look at that
0: I, I never I guess you know growing up bro we would like trade and and sell shoes you know what I'm saying yep. and I guess like I think you found the, like, a like a pretty like legit
1: and dope way of of doing that I mean exactly what we used to do as kids and I ain't the only one doing that I mean the market been open, I mean, yeah. shout out to uh, third parties like GOAT, StockX, that really, like they create the market, you know what I mean? And so regardless, you're gonna be able to, you know, get rid of it or mm-hmm. whatnot, but mm-hmm. it just all depends if you're paying the fees or not or whatever, mm-hmm. but I will say I made a nice amount of money off of it. That's right. it's a business. So man, I mean, kind of like
0: in conclusion, I know we got to get ready to go, but- How we doing on time? Um, we look. We we're not looking too bad, but I think that you know we talked about you know you transitioning from EC. We talked about the challenges of growing up. We talked about you know saying losing your pops at an early age and, and, and mom saying you know hey you know currently right now I don't have the bread. You gotta live with your sister and your, your nah, brother. I
1: wish she would have said she ain't had the bread. But she ain't saying that. She didn't say that. It would have been more understandable. Yeah, uh, I probably would. I may not be here right now. Yeah. And yeah. she would have, though. Wow. So, to the same token. Wow. So right? everything played its as, played as role. Because that might have made me, like, try to take a step.
0: hmm You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Of, of I know what you mean. I know what things. you mean. Just like most young, like, black men are forced to when they're in a single family home or trying to, you know, provide for their mother. I exactly. understand. I understand. But, but But specifically, the question that I'm trying to get to is, like, All right, man. So, look, man. You talked. We was talking earlier about like all the transitional things that happen in life, and like
1: basically where you at. What you say your superpower is? Uh, I would have to say my superpower would be uh, man having like the gift of gab. Man, mm-hmm. uh, I honestly feel like you know, mouthpiece has got me into some sticky situations and out of some sticky situations, For and uh, sure. honestly just been able to overcome a lot and uh, building a relationship and, and rapport with people. And then also just uh, making people comfortable and just at ease when having a conversation and allowing them to open up. I mean, I feel like people share or get a little bit more personal than they would with the average person mm-hmm. with me. And it's just more so just being approachable and being open. So I would have to say that's my superpower in building and cultivating relationships with people, man. That's really a strength of mine. and something that I'm looking forward to harping on as we move uh, forward and progress in life. So uh, I would definitely just say uh, give a gab, yeah, man. That's being able it. To, to talk to some of everybody and then uh also with that you know i think a lot of that comes from you know the environment that we grew up in uh really being able to you know cut the switch on and off when needed, and uh being able to depict some things from others i know uh, someone always said if uh if you figure out the reason why someone's asking a question you'll know exactly how to answer it and with that being said that's kind of how i process things now and Try to figure out, you know, what's prompting somebody to ask me that question or what's really going on behind their mind. And that all came from, you know, interview prep, but it's something that I use in my everyday life. So I would have to say the gift of yeah, man, sure. being able to communicate sure. with some of everybody of all races, backgrounds, and, and cultures. So that's really, uh, you know, what I say my superpower is and uh kind of how I'm looking to help save the world. <laughs> so.
0: I love it, man. I'll be on the safety, man vibes of like you're changing our community and doing that better but man look i want to say thank you man appreciate it man. Honestly, I appreciate it. it's it been a it. pleasure for sure man like you talked about like gifted gaps and making people comfortable this conversation this podcast has definitely been uh definitely been amazing talking with ronnie and like we you can see right behind us we in st louis He just showed me how we live
1: man hey real quick shout out your ig and all your social media phone for sure so you can follow me on ig at juice Underscore, nuke four, that's J-U-I-C-E underscore NUPE, four, that's J U I C E underscore N U P E, number four. Go to the Nukes, brothers of Cap Alpha Psi, Fraternity Incorporated. And I also want to say thanks to Josh and a kid from Gary, man, really taking over this podcast. Like I say, me, myself, I'm just a kid from East Chicago, Indiana. I'm really looking forward to what this uh, podcast and the big things you have moving forward. Brother. Respect, so man. Thank definitely you. all love. Thank you. Appreciate you having me, man. Respect. We out. Yeah.